This is the Horse Radio Network. Hey there, this is Lesson 17 of the Equine Clicker 101 podcast on Horse Radio Network. Teaching your horse to go forward on the ground and under saddle. Equine Clicker 101 is a podcast that takes you to the class to learn and practice clicker training for your horse. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible, We have, and we appreciate their support. That is Jeffers, Equine and Pet, and Cavalier Feed. Hey there, this is Shauna Karish, and in today's episode, I'm going to talk about how to help teach your horse to go forward. I find this to be one of the most common issues that people have. So helping your horse to learn to go forward, to want to go forward, and then we're going to start on the ground. We have some tools to to practice and build up a good reinforcement history. And then we're going to take it to under saddle. How do you transition from on the ground to under saddle? So you have a horse who actually likes to and looks forward to going forward. They listen to your cue and go quite easily and softly without having to have a battle royale on your hands. <laughs> all right. Uh, people, one of the things that people ask me all the time is where can I buy clickers and targets and side buckets and all of the things that go and are part of this training? Well, one of the places you can go is to my website and that is www.on-target-training.com. So it's on target training with those hyphens in between. And then for all your other horsey needs, I recommend you go to, to Jeffers Pet. They have all sorts of things for, from the barn to the horse, to the rider, to your dog even. So let's learn a little bit more about Jeffers Pet. Jeffers Equine provides quality horse supplies at affordable prices. Located in Dothan, Alabama, Jeffers combines the best of both worlds. As a family-owned tack and supply company, you get the kind of customer service only a small business can offer. Yet, with Jeffers' combined buying power of pet, livestock, and equine e-commerce sites, you get a wide variety of products at reasonable prices. So when you need tack or supplies for your horse life, from draft to mini or casual trail to competitive sport, www.jeffersequine.com has you covered. All righty. As I mentioned, this can be probably the thing I hear the most where people are the most exacerbated is wanting to be figure out how do I get my horse to go forward? My horse is stuck, won't go forward. The more I ask, the worse it gets. And it's, it is a common issue. And so we're going to try to turn that around. And so we have some tools that we're going to use on the ground to start and build a new reinforcement history. Remember, everything our horses do is a choice that they make. It's a decision they make, and they're going to make the choice. They're going to choose the thing that has the strongest reinforcement history. That's really all there is to it. So if a horse won't go forward, it means it's not as reinforcing as balking and not going forward. So we're going to turn that around. We're going to use positive reinforcement to build a strong and desirable reinforcement history with going forward. Another component that we have in here, a lot of times when they have started to not go forward, we have started using more, our cues even louder, or we've backed it up with aids. And we keep going until we've essentially 
desensitized our cue or our aids. So no matter what we do, we're not getting much of a response. So, I mean, I have to admit too, I have seen and worked with horses. You could do anything you want. I mean, you could use a stick, spurs, whichever, and they weren't going to go forward at all. So I help people to have new options. So the horses with the slightest little adjustment of your seat go, oh, I hope we're going forward and they want to go forward. So we're going to turn that around from the most basic level. We're going to rebuild a new, stronger reinforcement history with going forward and really responding to your cue because that, if you boil it all down, really, it, it's a choice not to respond to your cue when you ask them to go forward. So this is a really important part that we want to work on and shape and change that. But you think about it, what is in it for your horse to go forward? So a horse who, you know, some horses like to go. Thoroughbreds are a little goier. We're going to, in a later episode, we're going to talk about how to downward transition and get your horse to relax and slow down and listen to your downward transitions. But but there's a lot of horses out there that, that they aren't very goey. You know, they're like, I would just rather not go anywhere at all. So it is something that we're going to address. And, and I've got some, I've got some plans. <laughs> all right. So one of the things that we're going to do is we're going to use targets in this in this protocol or training plan that we're going to go through. So, and of course we're going to use the clicker. So if your horse doesn't know some of the early lessons, I want you to go back. The first episode covers the bridge signal. Uh, Liberty leading is actually a great one. This is episode two, because this really is a tool that we can use to get our initial upward transitions. And then we're going to also use target and stationary target. So these are episodes three for the target and four for stationary targets. So there's a lot of basic foundation parts that are covered in those early lessons. So be sure that you've gone back and, and maybe if it's been a while, maybe you need to review those and kind of get a little reminder of where they are. And remember, there's nuggets in each and every pertinent to the whole training philosophy. So it, we're going to use those different elements. So if your horse doesn't have those elements, I want you to go back and really kind of work on those things and, and get them a little bit stronger. So one of the things we're going to start doing is we're wanting, I want you to work on teaching your horse to go to stationary targets. So there's two elements that we can really work on here. One is teaching your horse to go to stationary targets. This is very simple. So a lot of times what I use is a cone with a target set in the cone. So it is, they can see, I don't want them to always just touch every cone. So the target helps to become a little bit extra discriminator that I'm, that I'm going to that as a target. It doesn't matter if you can't use the targets, that's okay. You can just use the cones, but but anyway, so I want them to be able to, to enjoy going to those targets. Now, so I will work this first on the ground and you're going to, this is stationary targeting from, this is lesson four, where we can basically build the concept of them going to the target, them liking the target, them seeing the target. But keep in mind from lesson one <laughs> is remember that with the bridge signal, the clicker, whatever you're using as a bridge signal, really what that is to do is to draw attention to an action that they are performing. So we want to click the action we want to see more of. So this is where the targeting kind of becomes, 
this is important. So what the target is there to do is to create an activity. So in this situation, what do we want our horses to do? To be walking, to be moving. So what we're going to do, we're not going to bridge as they, in, after they know the stationary target, I must kind of preface this, I guess. And they go to it, they know to go to it. We're clicking them as they go to it, they touch it, they seek it, that's great. But now as we shift into this particular exercise, we're not looking for them to stop or slow down. We're looking for them to walk. So what do we want to click on? We want to click on walking. So this is going to seem a little counterintuitive at first, but as you're sending them to the target, you want to click on the walking before they get to the target. And, and when they, you feel like they're walking the best. So if you click as they're starting to slow down, what are you telling them that you like? What are you telling them that you want to see more of? The slowing down. That's not what we want today. We want going. So we want to click on the part when we feel like they're marching along nicely. So we're going to start by doing the, the target. Now, there's another. Uh, so as we're walking with them and sending them to the target, again, you want to click on the going to the target. As I first start sending them to the target, I typically start to walk with them. So they're pretty close. And then I point them ahead of me so that they now they see the target, they know what to do, and they start to go past me and go to the target. Now I'm talking, we may be, you know, five feet away at first because I want to set them up for success, but I want to have enough room that I'm actually creating enough room to walk. So again, this shouldn't be a new exercise for them. It should be something they kind of get the idea of going to the target, but it's our focus. that starts to shift and starts to change. So as we're sending them to the target, we want them to, you can eventually send them to the target from further and further and further away. And when you can send them from 20 feet away and they just walk straight over to the target brightly, you're going to be clicking on that going and you can build duration and click it a little further down the pike, but not so close that they start to slow down. And now our next step is we want to start building more duration. So what we're going to do is we want, we want to teach them to go from one to the next. So what we're going to do is walk with them and help to make this clear for them. We're going to use a verbal bridge signal, which I, I mean, it's, it's not really technically a bridge signal because it doesn't mean come to me for some sort of a reward, but we've, I've talked a little bit about I, I do talk and say, good boy, as we're doing things. So they, as they start to know us and our tone and how we're feeling about things, this very quickly becomes something that gives them encouragement. They know that they're on the right track. They know that they're on their way to a reinforcement. So it can kind of become part of their, their criteria or their, their whole repertoire, I guess we would say. So as we're walking to the first cone and it's going good, you can walk with them a bit, walk up a little closer than normal, point them to the, point them to the cone as they go are nearly at the cone, kind of scoot ahead of them a little bit. And when they're kind of coming and going good, you can say, good boy, and keep going and point them to the next cone. So you're kind of there to support them and walk them through it. Because you need to kind of help them and you want this to be a smooth process, not, not necessarily a stopping and picking back up. They may do that, but don't worry about that. You just carry on and kind of get them going to the next one. And what I want you to think about the most important part 
is what they're thinking. You know, so when you see your horse, if he gets a little hung up at that first cone, don't worry about it. Just say, come on, that's it. Good job. And keep going to the next one. And then as you point on and you feel like, and now you can wait back a little bit and let him get to the next one. So as you are approaches the next one, because remember, we still want the walking, not the stopping. But as you get him coming up, he kind of shifts gears and go, okay, forget that one. I'm going to the next one. When you feel like his focus, his attention, his energy is saying, okay, I walk into that next one. Click that because we want him to start learning. Okay, go to the next one. And this is a beginning of building that duration. So we want them to be able to pass a cone or walk to a cone and go on to the next one. So as you get this nice and strong and you get your horse where we can go to one and you just can simply say, good, and to the next one and to the next one. And if it's easier for you, because sometimes horses with big strides or humans with a hitch in their get along <laughs> can't always get there so easily. You can put these in a big circle, you know, so your horse is on the outside of the circle, but you can point and get them to the next one a little bit easier if you're a little less mobile. So, and then you can make that circle bigger as you go. So he gets the idea to carry on and carry on and carry on. We do something called the reverse round pen where we actually use polls for this. And we'll describe, we'll talk about that in another episode, but this would kind of be the beginning of that, of helping them get to going on the outside to the next cone, to the next cone. And it gives you a little distance in between there. So it's not quite so chasing them, but I do like it. Ultimately, when we get to under saddle, we're going to want it to be big enough that we can ride to the next one. So keep that in mind, what our goal is going to be is, is different than what it is now. Right now, we're trying to get movement and building a reinforcement history with the movement and now starting to build a little duration with that stationary targeting. So you carry on with that until your horse can kind of keep going from one to the next one and the next one. And you catch up with them a little bit and catch up with them a little bit and get ahead of them, frankly, so you can be there to offer them the cue to the next cone and that they can go ahead of you. So this is really important. Also with this, which I didn't say yet, utilize the verbal that tells him a good boy. Yes, we kind of, that would be really kind of a keep going signal. It's encouragement. It lets them know they're on the right track. It helps to bring clarity when they might start doubting themselves. So this is really an important communication. And they they get it as we kind of add that into the training all along. They get the idea, oh, this is all good. This is happy. And let it be bright and happy. You know, let it feel like, that's it. I'm on the right track. But the other thing I want you to do, and this also involves a, a verbal, as you start to move it, you can also say, walk on, walk on. And so they get the idea of starting to, when you're in the saddle, there is something that you can take from the ground and it can be one that supports that ground cue and takes it to under saddle. So it's a little bit, another piece of familiarity that can help transition from on the ground to under saddle. Now, there's another tool I often use for horses that are rather slow. And we talked about this in the Liberty Leading, I'm pretty sure. Um, but as you're doing the Liberty Leading, I will slow down a lot. So they're matching my little small steps. Well, this is really, really challenging for a horse because they have a bigger stride than we do. And now we're going uncomfortably slow for us. So for them, they have to slow down and focus and pay attention. 
Well, a lot of times when I want, I know I have a slower horse and I'm trying to get more movement from, I will then from that really slow little wedding march kind of walk, take a really big step. And usually the horse goes, oh, thank goodness. And they take a bigger step than normal because they're, it is reinforcing to kind of just move now as opposed to trying so hard to do kind of a more tedious step. So I will also click those big movements and those big steps. So it kind of helps a horse to build a stronger reinforcement history with going forward. But when we go from that really slow step to that bigger step, it's actually a little bit more of an upward transition. So now we start to build a better reinforcement with the, with the upward transition. And pretty soon they're like, oh, I get it. Move. Moving is going to work for me. Because again, up until now, the horse that will not move has shown us or barely moves or goes along dragging his feet has shown us it's more reinforcing not to move than to move. There hasn't been something valuable enough in it. As we put something in it that they value, now they start becoming invested in the training and the outcome of the training. It is the positive reinforcement that is a true game changer here. So we want to kind of start with those pieces. Now, you could practice that. Get that so that's good and that's moving and your horse goes on without you and you feel like when you show up, your horse is saying, I'm ready, let's walk, let's go. And if you, for any reason, if you can trot ahead as you're trying to kind of get your horse up to the next one, if he trots with you, the moment you feel him about to bounce into that trot, you know, when they're kind of revving themselves up, I want you to click that for a couple times because we want to say, yes, we like that you're bringing it up and you're going to bounce into that trot a little bit as you can go and they can trot with you a little bit more. You can, and you can make, use this with the targets and moving forward because for some horses, the targets actually can create more going forward and more movement and more focus on what's ahead. But for some horses, simply in the Liberty leading, they may start to trot with you as you trot. So if you have a horse who's a pluggy, slow horse who doesn't like to go, really work on that liberty leading, again, bridging the upward transition and then building the duration as they hold and sustain that trot. So I hope that all makes sense to you. So there's two, there's many roads to Rome. So some, everybody, horses included, tend to learn different and grab different parts. They it, Different parts will resonate with them. So you can try different ways. And it's not limited to these ways, but these are the ways that we're going to cover. So utilizing the target under saddle is going to help you quite a bit because they can see the, the, the target and it makes it very clear. But building a strong reinforcement history with the Liberty leading and trotting with you and upward transitions with you is actually quite good to help set you up for success as you're starting to rebuild uh, reinforcement history with going forward. And again, little steps to the bigger steps, the bigger steps to the trot, and even adjustments within the slow walk to the bigger walk and the slow walk to the bigger walk put a heavier emphasis, read, <laughs> more reinforcement, more food for the going forward, for the upward transitions, for more movement, knowing that even just the slowing for this horse is going to be reinforcing unto itself. So you save the valuable stuff for what we're trying to build stronger. So work on those exercises until your horse is quite, you feel like your horse is going and bright and, and happy. 
Now, here comes the transition part. For some horses, if you can, so then I want you to practice. I skipped this step. I want you to practice these things with tack on. So now your horse is in the saddle, uh, but you're saying, but don't worry about that stuff. That stuff doesn't mean anything. We're doing the same old exercise that you love that is on the ground. So you kind of at first are trying to say, ignore that. It doesn't matter because I'll, I'll tell you a lot of times there's different components that can trigger the old habits. And for some horses, putting the tack on means I do not move. I do not go. So that right there can be a trigger that says, yes, but this is different than what we do. So we want to say, no, no, look, I'm here on the ground with you. We're going to do the same exercise so that until they're responding just as well with a tack on as they did without the tack on. So it may take a little bit for some horses because they may go, no, this is different. And this is, this is my old stuff. And so we have to encourage them using the targets, using the pieces that we use to help create this movement in the early stages. We need to recreate that for the late, for this stage. Now for some horses, it's going to be like, yeah, whatever I'm doing my favorite exercise. But for some horses, this, the tack may be a trigger for them. And of course I shouldn't really have to say this, but be sure that your tack fits correctly. Cause sometimes a bad saddle or a bad saddle fit doesn't mean the saddle's bad, but if it doesn't fit correctly, it can actually be creating pain and, and they don't want to move. They can't move their shoulders. They feel inhibited at pinches, whatever that may be. So be sure you've ruled that out. Of course, anything, any behavior change or challenge, I always want to be sure that pain or discomfort isn't a part of it. So that's a little aside, but I'm, I'm supposing that we have all done that. So when he does it completely comfortable, happy forward in the trot, I mean, in the, within the tack, then it's time to do it with a person in the saddle. Now, if you have the luxury of having somebody else who will work with you, I definitely recommend you put somebody in the saddle, but, but the person in the saddle is only to sit there and be nothing in the saddle. You're saying, don't worry about the weight of the rider in the saddle. We're doing the favorite exercise on the ground that we've established so that we're getting them to have success with the weight of the rider. Because just like the saddle, it can be that this next component takes them back to the old place and thinks, oh, no, 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 no. With a rider, I do it this way. That was something separate. This is this way. So in order to kind of transition it, at first I say, ignore the rider. The rider's just sitting there. The rider doesn't do anything but be weight in the saddle. So if you can find somebody to be that person, definitely I would, I would incorporate this step because it's going to make it easier for you to support them from the ground and say, no, no, go to the, go to the trail or <laughs> sorry go to the target or trot with me. So you have things that you can do and you're just saying, it's just wait, it's just another component. And essentially you're desensitizing them and focusing on this successful and ever so all inspiring for your horse ground exercise. When that is going well and the horse says, okay, okay, I get it. I'm with you. I'm doing it the same as I did without tack and the same as I did it with tack. And now I can do this the same with the rider. It's now, so you do the targeting, you do the feeding, you do the cues, you do everything. So then they go, okay, it doesn't really matter. When that is, the rider doesn't matter. The rider 
doesn't signify or predict anything. The rider's just there. When that is going really well, the next thing I start doing is I start clicking and having the rider feed. So now we're starting to shift the focus back to the rider, but hopefully by this point, we've broken the habits that have been part of it. And for some horses, the trigger may be it's when the rider gives that old cue. So for now, we're just saying now the rider's simply going to feed. I give you the cue from the ground. I click and the rider just feeds. Well, now we start having the horse pay a little bit more attention to the rider. Not 100%. They're still getting support from the ground to remind them of this well-established and well-liked exercise. When that's going well, then the next thing we do is the rider can click and then feed. And then that part's really pretty much an easy part to transition to. The next thing is the rider gives the cue. But as soon as the rider gives the cue, I don't, I don't even wait. I immediately go to giving my ground cue so that now what we're starting to do is pair the ridden cue that we want and keep it kind of simple. Don't make it too complicated at first. Very simple is best. So give the cue from the rider and immediately back it up with the cue from, from the ground. So what we're now starting to do is sensitize that cue again. We're saying this means the point is coming. So again, it is your well-established and well-liked exercise. So this is now we're starting to put that in. As then, as I kind of done that a few times and I feel like that's going seamlessly and the, the cue from the rider can stop some horses up, frankly. They could be like, oh, that's the thing that is the problem. But typically at this stage of the game, they're so invested with it and they've kind of discarded the rider a little bit, so discounted them. So now it usually doesn't create them stopping or slowing them down, but be sure you've got where the rider, go, the rider can give the cue, you give the cue, it's all seamless. Now what you start doing, have the rider give the cue, give it a few beats, then here comes the next cue. Now, pretty quickly in here, you're going to see that the, the horse goes rider cue means here comes the ground cue, which means the targets or the trotting and both. I would use both of them. So you're going to give it a few beats. So you give the horse a chance to respond. If the horse responds with any upward movement to the rider's cue, I would click and feed right there. Because this is what we want to do is saying, I like your choice to respond to the rider. Because what we're trying to do now is give the, to make the cue more salient, to make it more valuable, to get it to mean something and get it to be something to listen to. Keep the cue very, 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 very soft. If the cue has to be heavy, it means we're not ready and you need to keep pairing it with the ground cue, pairing it with the ground cue until they, from a soft little cue, go brightly walking off or brightly trotting off, start with the walk. And then is that going good? You build to the trot naturally in all these exercises. And so when that, when they're responding to that cue, then you're ready to kind of fade you from the picture a little bit. You can be there a bit to help support the, uh, support if it gets lost. But basically at this point, you should start fading yourself out until they're responding just from the rider cue. Now, we don't always have, this is the ideal way, is we have this way to transition from the rider means one 
thing and then bringing them back in and making them more significant. And you're kind of sensitizing them now to the cue where they're going, yes, I want to do this. I like this. So that's not always the case. We don't always have a second person to work from, to work with or to help us out. So it could be that you just need to start from the saddle going to the targets. So if that is the case, what I would do is I would start off my session with pointing to the target, reinforce, pointing to the target, reinforce, and then getting in the saddle and then saying target from the saddle and walk on so that the horse then can see the target. You can be a little bit closer to start and then build it up where you're further away and further away and further away till they see the targets and they're going boldly to the target. And then that's going good, you're going to go back to using your verbal bridge signal or your verbal keep going signal where you say, that's it. Good boy. Yes. But let's pass that one. Let's go to the next one. And you feel them kind of let go of that first one and then choosing to go to the next one. That's when you want to click, you know, and they may get stopped up a little bit like, but I stop at the target. You say, that's okay. Just keep going to the next one. When you feel like they go, okay. And they soften into that brightly walking to the next one. Click that moment in time because that's a significant decision. That is everything, like I said, is a decision they make outside of reflexive behavior. Everything else is pretty much the choice of, am I going to do this? Which one works better for me? So when they make the choice to say, this is the one I choose, this is really big. And we want to say, yes, I like what you're thinking there. And then we're going to build up the duration on that. This is one of the things I want you to keep in mind. As we build duration, I want you to still sometimes go back to early bridge signals, you know? So when you've been, you started off with one step and then two steps and then four steps and then eight steps and then, and, but sometimes go back and go, I like your first takeoff. I like your third step because if it's always that it's not, they're not getting bridged until halfway around the arena, they may start starting, start starting off with a, a little bit lackluster, you know, where they're like, well, it doesn't really matter here. I'm going to drag my feet until we get closer where I start to speed up because this is the time that it counts. We want to say, no, I like your t- attitude early on. I like your attitude in the middle. I like your attitude later. I like your attitude. All of these pieces are really important. And the early bridge signal do a tremendous amount in any behavior for building good attitude, good motivation, good desire to kind of start off bright. And it keeps them guessing a little bit, which is also quite valuable. So use those early bridges. Now, so those are some basic exercises that are going to start you on the getting them to walk and getting them to go and getting them to the trot. Pretty soon, your horse is going to think that going is so awesome that you're going to have to work on some downward transitions as well. Don't worry about those quite yet, but you're going to get to a point where your horse gets it. He's going to go, I get it. We're going, we're going, we're going. And then you can start utilizing the downward transitions and reinforcing some of those as well. So this is basically we're rebalancing scales at this point in time. There's a lot of weight in the beginning of the point in time. There's a lot of weight on the side says it's not worth it for me to go forward for whatever reason. So what we're going to do is start to rebalance those scales until pretty soon they're going, I like to go forward. I want to go forward. And remember, they get to a point where it just starts to outweigh the other side, but it can easily go back. So keep going and really strengthening that behavior. So 
we get them where they choose to and want to go forward. For those of you that going forward in a particular way is most important, I know for people that are big on, you know, dressage, for example, it's just going is one thing, but you want them to go nicely and use their hind end and get more forward and blah, blah, blah. Well, in the beginning, just take moving. Moving is the start. And then we can work on later, we can shape that. And that'll be another episode where we can talk about how to shape a nicer, more biomechanically correct um, walking. But for now, we just need forward at all. Don't worry about the tech of it. Just get them thinking, go forward, go forward, go forward. Through selective bridging, we can then refine that, meaning we pick what piece we like because the, the bridge signal, the clicker is like a scalpel. It tells him, yes, I like the moment you brought that hind foot underneath. And we can really refine that later on. But for now, we just got to get them thinking going is a good thing. And we can shape that to look different later on. Now, one of the big objections that people tend to bring to me because they don't quite understand is, but I'm stopping to feed. <laughs> the horse stops to feed. So this is something we need to keep in mind to remember. The clicker tells them what you're doing right now is what earned you the reinforcement. The stopping is an incidental. So it, even if they go through a little period where they're thinking, well, can I just stop and eat? I just kind of keep them going forward and say, well, that's not going to work. I'm only going to keep clicking when you're moving. I'm going to keep clicking when you're moving. And they remember what earns them the click. So pretty soon they've got the idea, oh, it's the walking. When I'm, I'm walking or I'm walking brightly is what earns me the reinforcement. So the stopping truly is just an incidental. You have communicated during the walking you have said this has just earned you a reward. So come check in for some sort of reward. So I hope that makes sense to people, but trust me, that is what we've done and that is how it goes. So we, if we have done the, the early bridge signal conditioning correctly, the bridge conditioning needs to be done so we know that the, the bridge signal holds the value that we are thinking it holds. So don't scrimp on that part, do it right. But by that point, we should have it where they're thinking I'm working for that sound of that click. And because by then we have it as a secondary reinforcer because we have classically conditioned it. So I hope that makes sense to everybody. And believe me, I've worked in lots and lots and lots and lots of horses that would not go forward. And now I have lots of horses going forward. So this is a way to do it. Really try to avoid yourself going into that old stages of kicking and ponies and, you know, being where we get all distressed about it. Just bring those targets back out if you need to. So a lot of times as I'm getting where I just go around the targets and I'm not going to the targets and we don't really need the targets anymore, I may have them around for a little bit just to be in case I need them. If things start to, they kind of lose their way a little bit, I will use them to get back to it. And also one of the things I want you to keep in mind, we do have, remember we've talked about context shift. I think we talk about that in episode four, or lesson four, is that when we change context, we may lose our behavior and go back to where they were before. So do this in your indoor, do this in your outside, do this in your field so that they can get the idea of going forward. The other thing, and so they can get it in different contexts. So it's not, this only works when I'm in the indoor arena, or this only works when I'm here or there, or it only works in the afternoon when I have a lesson. We want it where they 
get the idea to do it anytime, anywhere. So I want you to kind of try it at different places. The other thing that is a big mainstay of this training that we talk about a lot, but I want to remind you about, think, what can I do to set my horse up for success? How can I, they're called, it would be called like antecedent arrangements. What can I do to help create this behavior? And so one, and it really is just thinking about how can I set them up for success? So maybe your horse is brighter, in the field. Maybe your horse is brighter in the outdoor arena versus the indoor arena. Maybe they're brighter in the morning versus the afternoon, or they're brighter before they've had a turnout or before they've run around all day with their friends. Think about what you can do that may help to set them up for success. If there's any time when they tend to be more bright or goey or engaged, try to work in that time of the day for a little bit. As we use these things to help set them up for success, eventually we can fade them out, but we need something by utilizing these things, we create something worth clicking, which means we have a chance to build the reinforcement history behind the behavior. Pretty soon, we can fade those, those tools away because they like going forward. They get it and they want to go forward. Anyway, so that was kind of a big, long classroom time. We did extra credit today. <laughs> okay, so what I want you to do now is we're going to get ready to go to our lab time. We're going to go do the earliest stages of this with a horse and getting them ready to, to understand this kind of moving on their own and going forward. So we're going to go to our lab time. That means we need to go get our, our horses ready. Get your stuff, get your side bucket, get your target, get your clicker, get your horse in a place where you think it's going to be best. And we will regroup in a free mi few minutes. So you turn this off. Go get ready for these things and we'll chat in a few minutes. Turn it back on when you're back, you're ready to go. Okie dokie. So, now, here we go. We are ready to work on our lap time. So I have Pete with me today. And what I've done is I've set out six cones and I have, I have put them in a circle because it just seemed like I put them a little further apart to, to, for him because he does know a little bit. So I'd say further apart is they're probably like 15 feet apart. So they're not crazy far apart, but it is enough that he has enough room to go ahead of me. So we're going to go, I have my cones with the targets in them and I have six of them in kind of an oblong circle a little bit. And we are going to go in and we're going to get started. Okay, Pete, let's go. So we're in the arena and we're going to, hey Pete, and he sees the targets. I can tell because he's looking around like what is happening in here today. What are we doing? Okay, Pete, can you go to the target? Good boy. Click. Excellent. So he walked off and remember he already knows going to the target because this is an exercise we've worked on. So this isn't hard. I'm just kind of reminding him about this and trying to get the duration and going past me a little bit more. And again, you can work on this touching the cone targets in an arena, in their paddock, in their stall, in their trailer, wherever you want. Okay, Pete, are you ready? So I'm going to go around and I'm going to point out each one first. So he kind of has an orientation for each one and he sees it. He's had a little bit of history with each one. And I think that'll just start the pattern a little bit. So we're working on to the next one. Okay, Pete, 
Target. Click. Good. Okay. So what, what I did there too, and I, I, I'm using my momentum to keep going. So I, as we're walking, I give him the point so that hopefully we can keep that nice fluid walking kind of like a relay race and passing the baton. So I don't want to, I don't want to stop and then send them. That kind of feels like it's going to slow things down and stop the momentum. So I give him the point on the fly and hopefully he'll go with it. So he did slow down a little bit and stop at me. Cause I, he was like, what are you doing? What are we doing? But then it, he did pick it back up and went on. So I liked that choice to continue on and, and go to the exercise he knows. So that's great. And we've, I've fed both of those and we're going on to the next one. Hey, Pete, can you target? Click. I clicked early there. That was excellent. So I was a little bit further back, but I, I sent him from a little bit further back to see if he could go on and he could, I could feel his eye on me. You know, that kind of like he's, he was kind of going, but his eye was on me. And then I could see the eye kind of his focus shifted towards a head. And so that's what I liked. And that's what I clicked on. I could tell his intention shifted from what are you doing to, oh, I know I'm going over here. So I like that decision and I liked that choice and that thought process. So I wanted to tell him that that was really a good thing. So I got to tr draw attention to that action. Okay. So now we kind of went down one side. I'm going to kind of round the corner here a little bit. Okay, Pete, can we go and target? Okay. Target. Good. Now what he did there. So I clicked and fed. I'm going to give him a couple for that. So what he did for a moment there, he kind of, it's almost like he overthought it or second guessed himself. So he kind of, he kind of came towards me because as I pointed, he started to walk off. So I stopped, but he came back and went to me. So I walked a few steps and repointed him until he got the idea. So that was not normal for him. He typically knows how to go to a stationary target, but I think he just rounding the corner, I think maybe was a little more, it's not really corner. It's an oblong, but little cornery, let's say going, making that turn, I guess was maybe a little different for him. So that's great. And Pete, can you go to the next one? Click. Good. Okay. So that's great. So he's doing really good with that. So I'm kind of walking pretty much beside him with him on the kind of the outside of the cones, me on the out, me on the inside. So what I'm going to try to do is fade me just a little bit for the next few. So I'm going to kind of, we're going to walk on and I'm going to stop. I'm going to point him earlier. So we're going to walk on. Okay. Pete target. And off he goes. He is going and that click. That's terrific. So I kind of made it where I was a little bit, I sent him from further away. He quickly, I could tell he shifted. He got the idea. I'm going to the next one. So that's what I'm looking for is him to get the idea that he's going to the next one. If your horse is a little stopped up and having issues with that, just keep working it till he gets the idea. Use the pattern to help create a little bit of familiarity, you know, so they get, I, I like to mix things up a lot, but in this situation, sometimes the pattern helps them kind of anticipate almost what's coming next in this find, in this situation, I don't mind a little bit of that because I want them to think, go to the next, go to the next, go to the next, keep going. That's kind of our point.
Okay, so now what I'm going to do with this next one is I am going to try to go keep kind of going a little bit and get ahead of him like we talked about and point him on to the next one. But since we've done Liberty leading as well as the cones, I think as I move forward, he's going to just seamlessly kind of go with me and I'll give him a point to the next one. But I'm going to let him know as we pass that cone when he's good. Okay, Pete, with my voice. Okay, Pete, you ready? Okay, let's go. So we're walking. Good boy. Yep. Target. Good. good. Okay, good boy. That's go. Go. Good. Go. Good boy. Okay, target. Click. Good. Perfect. And now that was really good. He kind of got a little, I think me just even kind of trotting ahead of him, distracted him for a minute. He kind of looked at me like, wait, what, what are you doing? But then he kept walking on. I, it would have been nice if he would have tried it on. I would have really loved that if he tried it with me. But he didn't that time. But he walked on and took the cue to the next target. I could tell he got a little bit confused there when he's thinking we've been stopping here a little bit. And I'm not used to going from one to the next. But as I kind of kept going with him, it helped him to see the next target and then point him and he could continue on. So I'm giving him a few handfuls for that because I want to build this up where he can get it and go from one to the next. The next point I would do is probably back myself a little further into the center. But for now, I just need to get this fluidness and him getting the pattern before I start to take too many pieces I'm raising one criteria at a time, and that is the carry-on. As the carry-on gets solid, then I can get me a little further towards the center where it can be more of a point if I want to. Okay, so now let's go to the next one. Okay, Pete, ready? Okay, target. Good. And he's going. He's going on without me. Okay, perfect. I'm, I'm going to run up and catch. Yep, good boy. Good boy. Okay, target. Click. And that was really good. So what I let him do on that time is get a little bit past me. So he went further past me. The first time, the last time I took it when I felt like his intention went and he was taking a step in that direction. And then this time I let him kind of carry on a little bit. And I felt like he feels pretty clear about that. So that's a good thing. And that really kind of all revolves around me kind of establishing the liberty leading and the targeting from an early stage where he knew what those two components were. So as I trotted ahead, he kind of said, okay, I get it. And then he shifted back to going to the target. So you know what? I'm actually going to leave it at that point in time for now. So we're going to, I'm going to repeat this. I'm going to practice this. I'm going to get this more solid. But for now, I think hopefully you get the idea. If your horse is having troubles, slow down and guide them through it again. If you need to walk the whole way with them, that's okay. And back yourself back out like you have with your stationary targeting. So I'm pretty pleased with his focus and his try. And remember, the most important part is his focus and his attitude. That will lead to him being able to get to figure out the rest of it. So that was great. And I'm going to leave it there. We're going to do this in part two. So I want you to work on this part until this part is solid and your horse can go forward and can, can carry on. And I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to make sure Pete gets the idea to carry on. It looks bright. It happens without a shadow of a doubt. And he seems pretty excited about it. And then we're going to take it to under saddle. So we're going to kind of have this in two parts. I want you to stop and work on this for days, weeks, whatever it takes. It doesn't 
matter. You go until you feel like you've got your horse doing it and, and enjoying it and liking it and doing it eagerly. So when that part is good, I want you to come back here with your tack, with your cone, and, and we'll carry on and we'll practice this under saddle a bit. I'm going to do this on my own instead of with somebody to help me out. It's very, it's easier to do it on your own. So, but it's not it's easy to have somebody there with you. That's maybe not the normal situation. So I'm going to kind of do it like most people end up having to do it. So we're going to do it from the saddle. So get back here when you've got this worked out. This is going great for your horse. And then we'll shift to doing it under saddle. Okay. Stay tuned. Talk to you as soon as you're ready. All right, you guys, Pete is ready. I think he's quite revved up and loves this exercise now. And he was a horse that really, he he did not like going. He was like, when in doubt, don't go. So he's doing great with this. And I've got myself where I'm kind of have faded as he got the exercise down and he started anticipating I go from one to the next. I got him so he can go all the way around the circle with me just saying target, good boy, target, next one. And I faded me more towards the center. I'm not directly in the center. I've kept it as this kind of big oval, but I don't have to be right next to him like I did when we started in the early exercise that we did in our laptop. Time. So he's got the idea and that is great. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to start with reminding him of this exercise. So he gets the pattern, he gets the exercise. So the exercise, the exercise, meaning the mental exercise, because what I want to do when I get in the saddle, if I just get in right now, he may not know what we're doing, but I want to kind of remind him that this, we're playing his favorite game a little bit. So I've been using walk on. So I shifted from the, sometimes I say target and then I backed it up with walk on. So I I'm still going to use the target because I think that probably is the most significant, but I'm going to start putting the walk on in there as well so that we can kind of have both of those things. Um, so there we go. And I'm going to start. Okay. PD walk on target. So he goes and he went, good boy. Keep going. Yeah. Target. Good. Good boy. And keep going. Good boy. Keep walking. That's it. Good boy, Petey. And walk on. And target. Okay, good. So I click there as he made the, he went all the way around the circle. So we wanted it to be where he can carry on. And again, I kind of use the walk on really comes from my Liberty leading. The target comes from when the targets are there, but I use both of them a little bit intermingled because as we start fading the targets, I don't want him to necessarily, I want, you know, I want to be able to be out in the field with no targets and just say, walk on and he gets it. So I kind of mix it up a little bit there. I'm going to tell you, there's times when it's, it can be, he knows my intention and I am walking with them. It is the point that he can see. And that is 
where we go. So the walk on says continue walking and the target kind of helps him to focus on the next thing. So if I feel like anyway, so I kind of mix those up a little bit, but I think that that is okay. But really to be a little more true to the training, you should probably say walk on and then target either or anyway. So they get the idea. That's the bottom line. Okay. So he did great with that. So now what I'm going to do, I'm going to head over to the mounting block over here and it's not so far away. Okay, Pete, come on, Petey. Good. Now, like we had talked about with the mounting block episode, which was, I don't know, 10, I think learning lesson 10. Um, he comes, he comes over without me having to hold his reins and adjust him. He knows to come up and get himself to the right place. He stands and I can just easily get in the saddle. So come on, Pete. That's right. Okay, good. All right. Okay. So I'm in the saddle. I'm going to click. I clicked him and I'm going to reinforce him here. I tend to reinforce on the outside. Like I said, I want his, him to think of bending towards his barrel towards the, the, uh, mounting block, not away. So a lot of times they feed on the inside. So he's great. And he now knows we're doing our, uh, reminding him about the positive reinforcements happening here. So now right off the bat, what am I going to have to do? I'm going to ask him to walk forward because the next thing is walking away from the mounting block. This is an opportunity for reinforcement. So we can, if you're horse and you don't think he'll be my, the, the, the targets are very close, but we got to kind of round the corner to get to him. So I'm going to use my walk on cue and see if he can't walk on. So, okay. Ready? Hey, Pete, walk on. So I kind of sat up and gave my cue a little bit and he good, good click. Good. He did that. So I didn't, I could have made it where the target was just in front of me and that would have been helpful, but I didn't, I didn't really think through that part that right there and then, but he did walk on so I could click him and reinforce him right there because I like that. I find it's pretty easy to walk off from the mounting block. A lot of horses do. So it's a time that you can actually reinforce him for that. Okay. So now we've kind of round that corner. I've given him a handful from each side. And remember, I want to feed from different sides so that he doesn't know which way to look. He kind of keeps an eye, just the side eye looking at me. So I fed him from both sides at time because walking off is really what we're working on. Okay. So I'm giving a chance to chew. The reason I'm giving him a chance to chew is because I want to set him up for success. I want to, if he is still chewing, some horses will use that as an excuse for the horses that don't want to go to the next thing or feel uncomfortable with going to the next thing, whatever it might be. They can use the chewing as a chance to kind of slow down. But when they're done chewing, they, I mean, you know, and kind of like, no, I'm busy. So I don't want to ask if I don't think I'm more apt to get the right response. So in time, we can ask even while they're chewing and they'll be fine with it. But at this point, I want him to finish that food. So he's kind of looking to me and say, what next? So he's thinking, how can I get reinforced next? So I'm kind of dilly-dallying for a minute. Okay. I feel like he's ready to go. And now we can see a target. It's a little bit further away, but I can, you know, it's like 20 feet away, but we can see it. And so, uh, and we're facing towards a target. So it makes it quite helpful now. Okay. So when I say walk on, and then I'm going to follow it up with a target and I am going to lean my hand forward in a point so that he kind of can 
feel it and he can see it out of the corner of his eye. Since I have used the point and the hand out as a cue, I can, I want to give him every, every iota of information I can to help set him up for success. Okay, Pete, walk on and target. Click. That's brilliant. That was really good. Now this beginning, beginning part, I'm trying to transition my cue from on the ground to under saddle. So him just responding at all to that was perfect. And I could see him because I leaned out and over just a little bit so that he, to be sure he could see there's this big movement my human is doing up there so he could get the idea. And he, he walked on when I walked on, but when I said target, I feel like he kind of looked and sped up just a little bit. So I love that. Like he had intention and I love that because it's getting the response to my cue first that I really need. I need him to listen and pay attention and get the idea to go forward. Remember in this early stages, it's any going forward is really good, but I need to first get him to think about going from target to target. I need him to realize this game is happening from under saddle. Okay. So he's chewing. And he's about done. Okay. And now we're, we're not quite on my oval yet, but we are pretty close because I bridged him early because I liked his focus. Okay. So now I'm going to point him off to the next target, which is we're kind of at, we're not at a 90 degree angle towards that target. We are back a little bit. So it means we're kind of at a 45 degree angle towards the next target ahead of the, ahead of us. Okay, Pete, are you ready? Walk on. Okay, I've got nothing, so we're going to try again. Hey, Pete, walk on, target. Okay, we're going. He's walking. Good. Okay, so what I felt like there, so I clicked, and then I'm going to feed again. What I felt like was a little hesitation about, I feel like he was uncertain about what thing to do. So I kind of waited for a minute, gave, gave him a chance to make a decision. So when I asked him to walk on the first time, I didn't cue him with any, I didn't, I waited a moment and then literally asked with my voice again. So I give him a chance to think about it. I could have given him a little bit more chance to think about it where it's almost like a pregnant pause. So he's like, well, what do we do? Where I, it, uh, we kind of want him to think about what could the answer be. And by now, at this point in the training, your horse should be into problem-solving mode, you know? So it shouldn't be, he should be thinking, ooh, there's an answer in here somewhere. What could it possibly be? He likes the training. He's, he's in it, and he really is invested in the outcome. When you have a horse who's thinking, there's an answer in here somewhere, what can I try? things go so much smoother. So that's why I can't reiterate enough how much, how important it is to cover those first lessons and get some of this under this under your belt first. So I did by giving him a moment to think about it. He kind of came up with, I'm not sure what to do, but I'm going to try this. So that was really good. So, okay. We're going to try again. Okay. Peter walk on target. Yep, and he's walking, and he's walking. Good boy. Click. Okay, so I tried to make it a little bit more, more duration, but still before I felt like he was slowing down, where I still felt like he was walking bright. As he got a little clarity 
Andy on this one. I think the last approximation we did helped him to sort out that what the exercise is. And I felt this one was a little bit brighter and clearer. So now we're going to do it again. Okay, Pete. Ready? Walk on. Target. And we're going. And we're good. Click. Good. That was excellent. And we're feeding again. And he's going to chew for a little bit. I'm going to give him a couple handfuls because I want him to to know that that's a good thing for him. And again, I'm trying to keep that reinforcement history high. With a rider in the saddle, it may for him feel like, no, I know what this is. The rider and I don't get along. We don't agree on this point. So I'm trying to be minimal as it's less riding and more training from on his back. So if you can think of it like that, we're doing a familiar exercise. I'm just in a different place. That's all. It's not, you know, it's just where it is. And we'll get that. I always want traditional cues to be part of, of my ridden, my finished product, but I train them using positive reinforcement. So instead of pressure and release and more pressure and then release, instead I say, okay, here's a tactile cue, which may be feel like some pressure, but it's not pressure release. It's just on off and then a uh, positive reinforcement to help create it, sending them to the target. So instead of him thinking, Ooh, I want to avoid that pressure. So I'm looking for the release of pressure. Instead he's going, Oh, but there's that target. I love the target. So it really is through the use of positive reinforcement because he's trying to earn the positive reinforcement versus the removal of the, of the pressure. Okay. So I think he's ready to go again. Gives me good breaks in there to talk because he has to chew. Okay. Pete, Pete, ready? Walk on target. Okay. That's really good. And we're going click. I'm going to reinforce him again now. And here you go. Good boy. Oops. I dropped some. Okay. So now the next piece I'm going to see, cause I feel like he really does feel like he is slipped into the lesson that we do from the ground. I do feel like it is pretty, he's thinking about those targets. He isn't worried about me as a rider. Now that's not always the case. You know, sometimes it is a little more like we just need to keep this really short and brief, but I'm going to see if this time we're on the straightaway. I'm going to see if we, you know what I'm going to do? Yes, we're on the straightaway. I'm going to see if I can't go past one and go to the next one. I know, and some, for, and some of you guys may not be ready for that, but we're going to see if PD can do this because I really got it solid on the ground. Okay, Pete, ready? Walk on target. Good boy. That's good. That's really good. Okay, Pete, keep going. Walk on target. Target. Good. Perfect. Okay. So I bridged that early, but he had a little hesitation there. So I, I gave him another cue. And, and a lot of times I like to give another little pause in there, but I didn't want to let it slow down too much. I felt like he just started to meander a little. So I kind of leaned forward again and pointed to the next target. And what I did, I did it on the he, so the target is on our left side, the target. So we're kind of on the outside of the targets. So what I did is I kind of have been leaning on the left side. So I'm kind of between 
the the target that's there and pointing to the next target. So it makes it, if he is looking at the old one, I kind of am there giving him a new fresh cue. It kind of come between a little bit. And I'm going to end there for today. I think that was really good for him. And one of the things that it's, it, well, I'm just going to end there. So I'm not going to dilly dally. I'm going to reinforce him. I'm going to take him over to the side and give him a jackpot reinforcement in the, uh, in, in a bucket over there, I'm going to loosen his girth and then I'm going to, to take him home because I think that he is been really fantastico. Okay. So what I want you to do is we're going to have a little, uh, we're going to get back to our homework assignment. So I want you to get untacked, get ready, get stuff, get finish up. And maybe you want to do a little more than I did here. You carry on till you feel like you're kind of in a good place. You end, get your horse back in a good place, put your stuff away and meet me back in the classroom. And we're going to get our homework assignment and, and talk about some things that maybe happened. Okay. Good job. Well, that was fantastic. We're going to have a little homework because, of course, repetition and practice is really an important part of, of getting it right and adapting to what our horse needs. So we're going to discuss some of those things. So one of the things we're obviously doing is we're using some food and treats. And I use food and treats under saddle just as well. I ride like we talked about in the early uh, under saddle stuff in episode 11 or less than 11. Um, I ride with a fanny pack so or bum bag if you're in the UK. Um, so and I use I use food in it and I use I always use the Cavalier treats and the Cavalier feed because it is part of their diet for the day. It's low sugar. It's everything great. Let's learn a little bit more about Cavalier and then we'll get on to our homework. Cavalier is a horse feed supplement and care product company that was founded in Belgium 30 years ago and they have been producing feed for the U.S. market since 2012. Its nutrition is based in the way horses are meant to eat. Cavalier's philosophy is based around mimicking the horse's natural diet and how they would eat in the wild, while recognizing that the demands we put on them today are different than wild horses of long ago. One of the things I love about Cavalier is that their products are natural, backed by research and science, and are proven to be effective. That's why Cavalier was a feat of choice for over 100 riders in the most recent World Equestrian Games, for riders in every discipline and from countries around the world. Not only do they make feed, but they also have a complete line of supplements and care products. If you've struggled with any kind of nutritional issue with your horse, you know that all products don't really work as advertised. So that's why Cavalier is unique. Their products don't make it to the market until they have been proven effective in making noticeable differences in the issue a horse is facing. A lot of times we have behavioral issues with horses, but a lot of these issues actually have a nutritional root. With the positive reinforcement or clicker training, we strive to help the horses to be truly happy. To me, part of that, that philosophy, well, really a big part of that philosophy, includes making sure I'm doing everything I can to ensure their emotional as well as physical well-being. There's no denying that a good diet is a huge factor in that equation. The best part of Cavalier's team is that, is that they're so easy to work with. 
You can reach out to them through their website or Facebook page, and a real live person will call you back to personally talk you through your horse's nutrition. Learn more about the products at www.cavalor.us or reach out to them through their Facebook page, Cavalor North America. You'll be glad you did. Okie dokie. We got off to a really good start there. I know it was kind of a two-parter and really the more solid you get that first part before you go to the second part, the the more you're going to set yourself up for success. The more you're going to have the next part really work a little more seamlessly. So don't feel bad if you need to spend more time and get that part really solid. The more you do, like I said, the stronger it gets and the more you can typically, the, the, the easier the transition is to the next part. So I like to start off where you get them going. And as I said, I moved myself to the center a little bit and that was great. And, and you may need to go back to that a little bit and remind your horse of that. But hopefully you had that part really solid. And then as we move to under saddle, well, now we want to do is, and then with the under saddle, hopefully that went seamlessly. We didn't do a lot. I mean, that's really pretty short. And I'm going to tell you, this is key for the horses who don't like to do to don't like to go forward. <laughs> I mean, really, because what they think of this is going to be 45 minutes of work. And I don't really necessarily enjoy this part or like this part. So one of the things as you build up, I want you to always keep in mind as you build up to an exercise program, going slow is really important. If somebody put, a, you know, a, a big old pack on your back and then made you go for 45 minutes on your very first day, you might be pretty sore and ridiculously tired. So that's going to make it aversive, isn't it? It's not going to be something you want to do again. You might even be too sore to do it again. So building up slowly for exercise is really important as we help them learn about their balance and get proper balance and get build up their muscles and, and all the pieces that go with it. So what we did today, when we got off, we actually they anticipate a big, long production. We said, that's all there is to it. No big deal. And they think, well, that was easy. I could do that again. And we want that kind of attitude and we want that kind of mentality. So it was perfect just to do a little bit pieces and get it slowly. We'll build it up to doing more and more. So I only got up to doing the one cone with Pete. And some of you might not have gotten even that far. You could, maybe you feel like I just needed to go cone to cone to cone to cone. And that's great. And there's no problem with that. When in doubt, I'd rather you go slower and cover your bases and be sure that they really like it. So going from the cone to cone, that is fantastic. But now, as you get moved up to where you can go past a cone to the next cone and past a cone to the next cone, and then we're going to build up slowly to where we can go past two cones to the next cone and three cones to the next cone and four cones until you're just walking on the outside of the cones and you can walk and you can hopefully then at this point, you can begin to trot a little bit more. I'm assuming your horse does know trot, but he's just found that going forward hasn't been worth it. So if your horse has some troubles and issues with the trot, really be sure you've built up the reinforcement with trotting from the ground and using the word trot. And use it brightly because they really do resonate with our tone. Um, use the word, get them where they will trot on the ground with you. And when you pop into a trot, they, and say trot, they pop right with you. And then they come down. So this is a part where learning 
the one is just moving forward to the next one, moving forward to the next cone and getting them going forward, period. But really utilizing that liberty leading and the upward transition, it gives you a great opportunity to build a stronger reinforcement with the upward transition, as well as conditioning that verbal cue of trot so that they get it. And they also think, well, this can be a great thing to do. So as you've got your horse walking and going brightly all around the outside and he's going terrific, slow it down a little bit. I mean, slow it down, bring it down a little bit and go back to utilizing the cones. If you need to, you can try just as you're going around and your horse is going brightly, you can try and say trot and see if he responds to the trot. If he doesn't, you may need to go back to doing it, going from cone to cone. And you can even integrate the trotting and the cones with the Liberty leading. So that as you're going from cone to cone, you start trotting and then saying, you know, pointing to the next cone so that you can build up those upward transitions. Usually as we build it up in the walk and the trot, the canter is, I mean, cantering to the next cone is a little bit harder. And also what I want you to do is because getting us to canter to the next cone is challenging. But what I want you to do is move, move those cones a little further and a little further apart so they can see the next cone, but there's more space in between. So it gives them a chance to build up more, uh, more chance to continue trotting because if they're 15, 20 feet apart, you're not going to get much trot in. So start building it up to they're a little bit further apart and you feel like they're ready and willing to do all that. So that is, you'll feel, you're just going to tell that your horse is going, let's go, let's go, let's go. So I think that that is a great and fun little exercise. And really the whole key to this is really building that new reinforcement history, that new, you know, the new association, you know, so that when they, you ask to trot, they think, Ooh, I like trot. Trot works for me. I get things out of trot. So they start to make new decisions anyway. So I hope that helped you out. It was kind of a long and drawn out, uh, little lesson because it is a pretty big lesson and it takes a lot sometimes for those little parts and to build, to take a horse who's maybe been soured to going forward and teaching them that not only to just go forward and tolerate it, but we want to turn it to where they go. I love going forward. I ask me to go forward, please let's go forward. And at some point, like I said, you're going to work on some of those downward transitions. I tend to still skew it a little bit more reinforcement for the going forward, but I also don't want to lose a nice downward transition as well. And all of it is keeping a nice response to your, to your cues. You know, so that's the most important part. Okay. So I think that is great. I really hope you guys got a lot out of it and you've got your horses kind of going in a new way and a new mindset. Um, you can listen to this podcast on most of your favorite podcast players. You can listen on the Horse Radio Network app or on your um, iPhone or on your Android. Uh, just search horse radio network in the app store. It's free and it is easy to use. And there's also lots of great shows on the horse radio network, some for all different disciplines and all different types. So look around and find some other ones. Cause it's really a lot of great information out there that only helps you to be a better horseman anyway. So enjoy. And until next time, enjoy getting your horse on target. Mm -hmm.